We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. IB Nation, welcome back to the Irish Breakdown Podcast, live here on a Monday, which of course means it's Notre Dame football mailbag, ready to go. It's going to be a busy couple of weeks here, folks. Obviously, we have heard Notre Dame will be playing Oregon State in the Sun Bowl. That was announced yesterday, a little uh, little, little late on the announcement yesterday during the show, but you know, it's, uh, it's the game that Notre Dame will be playing in the bowl game, which we're all excited about. We'll also be getting a lot of understanding over the next few days over who's going to the NFL, who's going to be sitting out, who's going to be playing in the bowl game. And then obviously we're less than three weeks as well from national signing day from the recruiting side of things. So it's going to be a busy few weeks. More transfers jump in the portal as well. So just some of them I think might still play in the game from what I was told. So I think there are some kids that might still play in the game and then, then jump in the portal afterwards. So we'll see how it goes, but uh, it's going to be an interesting month, Ryan. We're going to be busy. I was about, about to say, the, uh, the traffic on the site is going to be really good over the next oh few weeks gosh. at least. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's been, so. yeah. Uh, so I just had a, a long talk last night. with We had to hire an outside web, web developer to kind of look into all the issues we've been having. And part yeah. of it's we're just getting overloaded. But there's some things we did figure out. So um, I got the the rough estimate on what it's going to cost. Yeah. Christmas is going to be a little lighter in the Driscoll household this year. That's for sure. But we're going to get it done because we have to have the site ready to handle all the craziness that's going to happen in the month of, uh, yeah. of December. There's no doubt about it, Ryan. It's, it's, it's such a weird feeling, isn't it? When like the sites go in extra slow and such, cause it's like, it's annoying, but also that means that people are trying to get into the content. Right. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> so, like, it's right. very like bittersweet, I guess. Yeah. But... As soon as I see it, I'm like, okay, let me open up my mailbox. Cause I know right. I have about 30 emails. <laughs> Which, by the way, everyone that emails me when the site is slow, I do appreciate it because I know it's like, it's for me, it's I'm being bombarded. Yeah. But it's like there's that one time that you think, well, everybody else must be having that problem. So you don't email me and right. it's just a you problem and I can't fix it. I can't address it. We can't get you squared away. So I do appreciate it. And uh, but I promise we'll, we'll get all that stuff fixed. I say it's, it's just going to take a little bit of time, but we are we are going to get it get it done. But there's no slowing down here in the mailbag, Ryan. No. We got we got a ton going on. So are you ready to you ready to rock and roll, man? You ready to start getting into these these yeah. Uh, questions? Yeah, man. If, a- if it's your first time with us, folks, just hit an MB before the question or just put a mailbag in front and ready to rock and roll, man. Yeah, let's start off. We got a couple mail, a couple uh, super chats to get us started off, right? Nice, nice. We got PA Irish guy with a super chat. Thank you so much. With flip season upon us, are there any names to keep an eye on in or out of the class? Go Irish. Brian, I was talking about this the other day with someone. I'm like, it's a very it's kind of relaxed you know last few weeks before signing day like there's almost makes me nervous right like something huge is gonna happen i know there's a lot of rumors about kingston viviama asa we've talked to a lot of different people about this yeah i don't believe there's anything to it i mean sometimes kids keep relationships with prospects that they've met at other schools right right? and that's just that's just kind of the way that it goes i mean look it it, in recruiting these days ryan i don't say anything is 100 i mean there's nothing 
I mean, you know, if, if you'd have told me six months after Keon Keeley committed that he would decommit, I decided you're nuts. That kid is as all Notre Dame as, and look, stuff happens. So uh, nothing's guaranteed. We'll find yep. out on signing. And I don't really believe anything 100% till they sign. Yep. But I mean, honestly, even that rumor, it's like, no, nah, I mean, everything seems good, you know? And, and so, and, and even people send me what the Ohio State people are saying, even they're saying, like, it's unlikely. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like, well, he still talks to coaches. And I'm like, yeah, I, that, that, there's Notre Dame coaches that still talk to other players. And it's not because they necessarily think they're going to flip them. It's just like, we had a really good relationship. How you doing? Like, right. You know what I mean? Right. Being uh, a good person is from yeah, on today's yeah. world for some reason. <laughs> yeah. I know, right? And, and yeah. so, like, I remember, uh, well, I won't say a name, but I mean, I've known Notre Dame coaches in the past that have still have relationships with kids now to this day, even yep. though there are other places with kids they recruited and didn't get. And it was sure. never about trying to get them to flip or, you know, transfer. It was just like, hey, got to know you. I told you I cared about you. And I still do just because you went, went somewhere else doesn't mean I don't care about you. Right. And that could be it. You know, again, I haven't heard anything, Ryan. We've both done some digging into this and, and haven't heard anything that, that has us concerned about it. No. I mean, it's it's really it because this time last year we're dealing with the Peyton Bowen saga and there's a couple other rumblings, you know, like the Jane Lamar stuff because Jane Lamar was still committed at the time mm-hmm. and was was Dylan Edwards still committed in the class this time last no, year? No, um, I, I think he'd been out at that point. Already, but, yeah, he had already he flipped pretty soon after Coach Sanders got hired. So yeah. it, but we're close to that time, Ryan. Actually. Yeah. Well, and the, and. The, and then last year, Georgia had offered Micah Bell around this time as well. Right. Everyone was freaking out like, oh, he's going to fuck Georgia. Yeah. I remember that meltdown. His brother plays there. They're the right. champs. Of course he's going right. to leave. Okay. Right. And we'll, we'll see. And a lot happened last year, obviously, which I understand where this question's coming from, sure. PA Irish guy. But like, I from mean, my vantage point, I, I haven't seen anything over the last few weeks that makes me worried, really. Like, I mean, everything just seems kind of. So, we'll see, though. like, I completely understand where the question is coming from as far, I mean, because again, Ren, we've been down this road before. I just think that the flips that happened from Notre Dame's class have already happened. I mean, we, we've seen kids leave the class. Yeah. And we, it's happened so long. Right. Owen Wafel, which was Owen a Wafel. little bit of a different situation, but yeah, I think those things have already happened. I think there were some, some concerns, you know, Notre Dame needed to smooth some things over with the wide receiver commits. Once yep. the situation, Chancey Stuckey got uh, let go. From everything we've heard, and we'll yep. talk about who we, you know, the, the new the names out there now. I, I talked about last night. I knew who it was going to be. I didn't want to put the name out there because there were still some things they're trying to figure out and work out. It's out there now, yep. so we'll talk about it. Um, but the feedback we got so far is very good. Yes, uh, you know, very that, good. Yeah, about what we've heard. So I know uh, you've heard some things. I talked to Sean Davis, who knows Cam Williams yep. very well. I think you also, I think, spoke to Cam. I talked to Cam right? about it as well. Yep. Talk to so um, a lot of good feedback so far. So yep. we'll, we'll see. We'll see, and then I'll, we'll share our opinion of what we know about him as well. So uh, as far as Notre Dame trying to flip guys, I know that within the last few weeks there are some kids that they've been in contact with. What, do I see them flipping those kids? No, I don't. I think right yeah. now Notre Dame's really comfortable with where they're at in this class numbers-wise. Yep. They want to be able to have some scholarships for next year's class instead of using it. And so then the positions where they were thinking about maybe trying to land a kid late, I, I, my understanding is what they're going to do is actually go to the portal to fill those needs if they need to. Makes sense. And yeah. and then that way they have those scholarships for 2025. Because I know you've talked about this a lot, Ryan. You and Sean have talked about this a lot. You know, the 25 class has a chance to be special. And yeah, you sure want to make sure that you're, you're keeping as many uh, openings as you can. And then, you know, Notre Dame is doing the portal the way they need to, Ryan. Targeted. Right. Yep. We need depth here, an impact guy there for a year or two, and be ready to rock and roll. So. That's where we're at, but I, I don't. I think it's going to be a pretty quiet as of as my, my understanding right now. And as I quiet as the recru- as, as yeah. quiet as the recruiting world can be. I mean, right? Yeah, right. it's, it's going to be a relatively that. quiet yeah. last few weeks. There will be some panic. There will be some rumors that come out. That's just the nature of it. I mean, some of the, like I got text messages. Did you hear that Notre Dame's not going to play in a bowl game? I mean, some of the stuff that just goes yep. out there in the Twitter world is just, I mean, I, I thought Jared Parker was supposed to already be fired by now, according to, you know, I, Twitter, I you know, literally rumors I, and stuff. I literally, because it was taking so long to announce the bowl game, I literally had a person that was a former NFL executive, like a assistant GM text mm-hmm. me. It was like, I heard that Notre Dame might like, might forego a bowl game. I'm like, 
this is news to me if that's the case. And, and then <laughs> you, you texted me about that. Yeah. And like 30 <laughs> seconds later, it's like Notre Dame's playing Oregon yeah. State in the Sun Bowl. It's like that. I saw a flash on Twitter. It was like, oh, okay, that was a really stupid rumor that someone yeah. maybe just put out in the universe. Yeah. Right. So. so that's the thing is, as we've told you guys before, there's a lot of craziness out there that gets that gets put out. And, you know, we'll, we'll, and we got to, we got to chase it down. I mean, we can't just ignore yeah. it because of the things that have happened, but, uh, it, so I certainly understand where you're coming from, PA Irish guy. I just don't see. I think it's going to be relatively quiet. Could I see? I, and if I were to say, I think the odds would be better that Notre Dame flips somebody late than someone then they get flipped. But I, I, I'm not predicting either. Just so that's not like a hint. Like we know something's coming, but I can't say it. No, I'm not saying that. I know that they've been engaged with some guys. I just don't see it going anywhere uh, at this point in time. But that's more. And, and the engagement they've had, Ryan, is more of them doing due diligence than them actively hard trying to flip somebody sure it's more about let's keep all our options open so we've got communication with this high school kid we're okay well this came open in the portal let's see what's going to be best for the present future of our football team okay let's go that direction right in the portal like for example Notre Dame hosted Jordan uh, Clark this past weekend right yep I, I believe that Notre Dame was still talking to some DBs in the 2024 class I think him and a couple other guys that they're kind of engaged with in the secondary and the portal is kind of like, no, we're going to go the portal route instead of maybe trying right. to flip some of these kids. Cause these kids can help us now. And then we can focus on high school kids in the 25 class. So those are the type of decisions got to be made. But if you're not engaged with kids, you can't just turn the switch on three weeks before yeah. signing day yeah. with, with a kid that's going to be good enough to impact Notre Dame. Right. Is kind of the point. That's where I towards at. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We had another question from Rob Osgood. What's up, Rob? And it's a super chat as well. Thank you so much. I'm excited about the bowl game. Don't care if it's the Rose, Cotton, Sun, or Toilet Bowl. Let the young guys play and get a jump start for next year. Well, there are going to be some young guys that are going to have to play, Rob. I mean, yeah. we'll talk We'll talk about it, but there's, yeah. there's going to be a couple kids that are going to sit out for the bowl game. It's going to happen, right? So there is going to be some younger guys that are going to be pressing to more duty, whether that is first-time starter, whether that is key backup now, reserve, whether that is a guy that was – you know, barely on the depth chart that now has to have those, you know, 13 reps in case something happens in those emergency duties. So we are going to see some younger guys play. I think there's no doubt about it. And I mean, this is the world that we live in. Literally, Notre Dame is going to play against an Oregon State team in the bowl game that is going to be down their top two quarterbacks, their leading rusher, and probably a couple offensive linemen. That's the world we're in right now, man. So mm -hmm. you can expect some younger guys playing a little bit more. I would, th I think so. Yeah, I mean, they have to do it in some cases. And, and as you said, Ryan, they're going to get some young guys involved. And they did this last year. I mean, they they ramped up Jalen Sneed's reps last year for the bowl game. He redshirted last year, but he had the ability to play in the bowl game, obviously, because of the of the rule. Yep. You know, so we saw some kids in the bowl game last year get a lot more playing time than they had. Even some on special teams, you know, some kids, some young kids played special teams who took redshirts during the season. You know, so I could see I could see a lot of that happening. 
And in yep. some instances, I mean, you're, well, uh, we'll get into too much because we'll let those guys make their announcements. But yeah, there's going to be there's going to be some opt outs for Notre Dame of the of the bowl game, and and we're going to see obviously young kids are step into a lot of those positions as well. So it's going to be interesting. The thing is, Rob, I understand where you're coming from, but I've said this before: Notre Dame needs to win this bowl game. Like, yes. Look, I mean, could you imagine if they lose to Oregon State to a team whose coach just got like just left and they're top two quarterbacks from the portal and their starting star running back is going to be out because of a, it was it a, he got arrested. Right. I mean, yeah. Right. Driving, driving on the influence. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, just, you can't, you got to win the game. I mean, that's the yes. biggest thing. And, and development is great, but development can't be at the expense of winning the game. And, and so now that doesn't mean that necessarily they can't win if they don't like if they decide, hey, we're going to play Drake Bowen and Jaden Osbury a lot, I don't view that as sacrificing winning. No. You know what I mean? Because I think those kids can help you win, right? But you have to still have Riley Mills and Howard Cross. And you know what I mean? Like you're not setting those guys either. You have but, to have a good uh, mixture. You have right. to have a good mixture. You exactly. can't do a full reload. You got to still have your staples that have played football right. on the college level. And you're going to have some veterans coming back next year. Yep. You know, so you're going to want to play those guys as, as well. Because the big key, the big key is winning. That's going to be the big key. So we'll just dive into it now, Ryan. We've got a lot of people asking about Mike Brown. Uh, okay. Mike Brown is currently the wide receivers coach and I believe assistant head coach at Wisconsin. Yep. He previously served as the wide receivers coach at Cincinnati uh, from, I think it was like, two, I think 2019 was his first year there. Uh, it, I, I believe, right? I'm actually trying to find his bio because he's pr- he's a pretty young guy. He's only 34, right? Yeah, he's like a, he's yeah. a younger guy, right? Yeah. And um, I'm trying to find his his bio right now. Let me just pull it up because that uh, took me to the football coach or the basketball coach. I'm like, nope, that ain't it. Uh, but so he was at Wisconsin, at Cincinnati from 2019 to 2022. Prior to that, he was the running backs coach at Liberty in 2018. He was a GA at Delaware in 2017, and he, he was a he GA played at Liberty, right? Played at uh, Liberty? Yes, he did, and he yeah. uh, was a GA at Michigan in 2016, which was Harbaugh's second year at Michigan. He is from Virginia. He's from Charlottesville, Virginia. He's 34. Played, like you said, played at Liberty. Yep. And you know, th- the latest is, and I put this on the board last night. It is not a done deal yet, but it's one of those not. It's it's a Notre Dame not a done deal yet, is my understanding. Is there some things that they have to figure out? But I do believe, based on talking to multiple sources, that this is the this is the guy that Marcus Freeman wants to be his next receivers coach and the guy the that expectation. Yeah. Expectation. Yeah. yeah. Now I understand some of the reaction just because you don't know who he is. Doesn't mean he's not a good coach. Yes. That's just <laughs> the reality of it. Yep. And, and so I didn't know a lot about him, Ryan. Same. I just heard the name. I didn't know who Cincinnati's receivers coach was in 2021. All that we knew is their receivers were really well coached. Yes. And I mean, they so, were for the last couple of years, man. Yeah. I, I saw your report where you said like 2021 was great. I didn't st- study 2022. I did study 2022. Right. Draft. Yeah. Was, and what, what, Tyler what, Scott was, was good. Tyler Scott was real good. Wasn't that the year that Pierce and Scott were coming out or did Pierce come out 21? Pierce was after 2021 20, season. Okay. Tyler Scott and Trey Tucker were in the 2022 season. So, so basically season. for the draft prospects, you broke down two years of Cincinnati yes. film of the receivers. Yep. So that just yep. I want to give context to people so they understand that yep. this is, isn't watching a couple games because Notre Dame played them. This no. is what you do for the NFL draft stuff. So continue, yeah. Ryan, what you saw. Well, I mean, in Alex, Alex, Alec Pierce, who actually is from Glenbard West, which was kind of cool. I, when I talked to Cam Williams about Coach Brown and his relationship with him, and I'll have a piece on him when everything is official, you know, got eyes, all T's are crossed and I's are dotted. But the, yeah, he is from Glenbard West. So obviously Cam's from Glenbard South, but they're, you know, from a, a stone's throw from each other as far as that. But Alec Pierce was a really well coached kid, man. I mean, he could run, he was big and physical. But really nuanced with how he played the game, man. Like he really understood how to get on top of dudes, how to stack, how to find blind spots in in certain coverages. Really talented player. I thought Tyler Scott was one of the most underrated players in the 2023 NFL draft. He was the kind of the guy, the guy after Alec Pierce. He was a little bit more of a shifty, fast type of receiver um, compared to a boundary type receiver that Alec Pierce was. Tyler Scott was a really good route runner, man. Really good route runner, really nuanced player, but also incredibly fast. Ask ask Kyle Hamilton. Yes. How, how good of a route runner Tyler Scott very good. was. Because I man. believe 
he's the guy that smoked Kyle Hamilton on that corner route for a touchdown against Notre Dame in 2021. It was Tyler Scott, correct? In the spot? I believe so. Yeah, yeah, I believe so. So Alec Pierce was like a second or third round pick. Tyler Scott was a third or a fourth round pick. And then Trey Tucker, I think, was drafted last year as well. So those three kids, Ryan, I believe, were yep. second, third, and fourth. And I'm not sure which yes. one was which, but but um, when I looked it up, second, third, and fourth Yep. Yep. is what he produced. Sounds right. Sounds so, right. And I believe, yeah, I mean, I think one of those kids, was one of those kids a transfer? Well, and then Michael Young also transferred there and was yep. a much better player there than he was at Notre Dame. I, th- I think Tyler Scott was a transfer at one point, I believe. But regardless, all of those kids were not like but he highly transferred recruited young. Players. Yes, he didn't transfer as like a fifth year guy that had already been developed. Yeah. Correct. He played for him for a couple yeah. of years, I believe. Right. Well, and, and the biggest thing for me, Brian, is like Mike Brown. If he is announced as the wide receiver coach at Notre Dame, and when he is announced, they need to be great develop. He needs to be a great developer. You need to be able to develop your talent. And again, we'll see what happens at Notre Dame. But when he was at Cincinnati. He took some kids that were three-star recruits, yeah. more big names. Like Alec Pierce wasn't a big name coming out of Glenbard West, but you know what he did? Harness that talent and developed yeah. it, man. And he did that multiple times at Cincinnati. So I, I'm hopeful for the hire because I've I've listened to basically every interview that I could find on YouTube of him just to kind of hear how articulate he is and how he speaks. I've done obviously the research as far as like who yeah. he's tutored and everything. He's a young guy, but I think this is a really interesting hire that I think is going to pay off for Notre Dame. Now we need to see it, but on paper, it looks pretty good to me. looks pretty good. I'm actually a fan of hiring former players to coach wide receivers in general. It's not a hard, fast rule, but in general, I only played wide receiver in college for a year. Right. But, but so like, it's obviously it's not a hard, fast rule, but this is the right kind of former player not a guy with basically one year of coaching experience because he's come up through the ranks. He came up as a GA at Michigan and then Delaware, the coach at Liberty for a year. And he's kind of developed and he's kind of learned, you know, as a coach and, and, you know, Ryan, look, when the the film speaks for itself, and unless he's the luckiest coach in the world, because I didn't watch these kids in high school, unless he's the luckiest coach in the world and he happened to get nothing but kids that came to college, just (laughs) a bunch of, you know, Jaden great houses, you know, right. as far as knowing how to run routes, this guy did a really good job of t- – I mean, little things like, a, you know, a comprehensive re- release package, just little yes. things like that. You know, understanding how to properly attack leverage, good top ends, knowing how to – like Alec Pierce was great at knowing how to close off on yeah. vertical routes outside. It's one of his best attributes. That's why – now he's fast, right? Yes. So that helps. But it's it, you could be fast, but if you if, – if I'm covering you, Ryan, and we're both four fours. If because we just made ourselves on NCAA 2024, right? So we're both four fours. Or we just flashed back to when I was 17, but yeah, sure. <laughs> so if I'm covering you and, and you're a four five and I'm a four four, or excuse me, you're a four four and, and, and I'm a four five and I'm covering you and you beat me outside and you just stay outside, I'm going to recover and get myself in position to kind of defend you to a degree. Yeah. But so we talk about like get outside and then close me off, stack. It's called, we call it stacking. So now I've got, you've got me on your back hip. Now you're, I'm done. The only, the yeah. only hope I have is that the quarterback doesn't throw over a good ball. Right. Or, that, you can go th- or, or you're going to go through them and it's going to be a pass. Exactly. Or, exactly. Yeah. And th- those yeah. little things like that, you know, properly manipulating guys with the top, with the, the, like the top end is this, the technique you use at the top end. Right. But the lead into that, you know, do you, do you know how to stem? Do you know how to widen? Do you know how to squeeze down on those different things? His guys showed the ability to do that, and they and they fight for the football. Yeah, I didn't watch this Wisconsin stuff this year because honestly, I don't care. Yeah, because I I watched well, enough of what I've seen at Cincinnati to yeah. say that's going to be a lot more indicative of, of who he is than than Ple- what he did at Wisconsin. But I've heard Ple- I've heard. Go ahead, Ryan. Pleasant sign was that Wisconsin's leading receiver this year was actually a kid he brought from Cincinnati and was working okay. with for the second year, the Will Paulding kid. And like that shows me like, cause this is my, like your opinion would be right. And this, this is just like a general football fan would be, you could probably recruit better at Wisconsin than you can in Cincinnati consistently. That would be where your mind would go. Right. Sure. Well, he brought a kid that he had been working with for a year to Wisconsin and he suddenly became their best receiver. I think yeah. that's telling because he's been working with him for two years. I think that's telling a little bit. Here's an interesting development too, Ryan. I don't know if you saw this. Um, the Chimari, I don't know how you pronounce the last name. Is it DK? I think it's DK. Yep. He jumped in the portal today. 
Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. you know, I don't know if if you know if that would that be guy they run, would look man. at, but you know, I thought run. that was interesting. Yeah. So anyway, uh, what kind of recruiter is he? Don't know. The kids you and Sean have talked to say they love the guy. I mean, Cam Williams was fired up. I mean, as soon as yep. the rumors came out, Cam Williams was fired up, and yep. you know, Logan Saldate was something tweeted something like, you know, I knew Coach Freeman would come through for us or something like. I mean, you know what I mean? So like, there seems yep. to be some excitement, and I believe that Logan's excitement comes from what Cam has told him primarily. Yeah. About because he's he's recruited Mike Brown recruited Cam obviously when he was at Cincinnati and he even told me that he's recruited him a little bit while he was at Wisconsin as well so yeah man he's he's recruited him for a couple years now and I mean just coming to the general feedback guys like you know again I'll have a, a more in-depth piece on it you know when he when it is official but I mean Cam talked about like he's a meticulous teacher and but he's okay. like super laid back and he's like one of those guys that's very approachable and you can kind of and I think that was a little bit of the problem with previous right as far as like the approachability of the teacher to a degree right so i think that could be big time potentially for the wide receivers moving forward they have to know one that you know what you're talking about and you know the craft which again like no shade to chancey stucky i think he knows the craft of playing wide receiver that's but there's no doubt about that yeah you're right the art of teaching it and then the art also the art of and this is underrated aspect of it and there's different ways to do this but you have the players have to feel like you are a pro- approachable to be able to ask questions, or else it's blocked off, and there's no kind of under deeper understanding of and comfortability with asking questions. And I think that that sounds like that's who Mike Brown is. So hopeful for it, man. I, I think that they're on paper, it is very appealing. I want to see now. He's been at Cincinnati, Wisconsin is two most previous spots. Well, how big time of a recruiter can he be at Notre Dame? I'm not sure what the answer to that one is. I have no idea. But we also had questions about Chancey Stuckey as far as what, how, how good of a recruiter can that guy be? He was just at Baylor, right? Well, right, he was right. actually a good recruiter. So, you know what I mean? Like, it, I think that hopefully you can answer those questions pretty early on. But I have a feeling that Notre Dame is going to be well coached at wide receiver yeah. at very least, which is a good step forward, obviously. And, and this is a very, very initial you know, very high end view, but here are some receivers that they have offered in the 2025 class that's relevant to Notre Dame. Uh, we, Jamie French, who's committed to Bama, but sure. uh, Kobe, I'm just going down in order. Kobe Howard. Yep. Dalen McCutcheon. Excuse me. Dalen McCutcheon. Cooper Perry. Yep. Quincy Porter. Taylor Taylor are all guys that he has recruited at Wisconsin. Now, my hope is that they look at take a different look at Cooper Perry yes, than they did before. Agreed. That's my hope. Yes. Uh, so yeah, that would <clears throat> that would be very very nice if they could do that. So you know, Ryan, again, I, I like it. It's a it's a good it's a every, what I know right now of what I know right now. This makes a lot of sense, and this is a pickup that I like. Great. And and um, you know, again, he's a good teacher. And yeah, it'd be nice to have someone that, you know, is a pass game coordinator. He was that at Cincinnati the one year under Geno. Their pass game wasn't very good. I don't really care about that for receivers coach. It, my whole thing was, okay, I'm going to tell you what we're going to do schematically. If you have the knowledge to help out with that, great. But if you're a great scheme guy, and this kind of gets down to the question from Ryan Pratt, because we just, Ryan, you kind of t- got us talking about Coach Brown. And then, uh, and, and, you know, I'll bring up some other questions about Coach Brown. Uh, but you know his specific question was how does the different scheme offensively impact the position coach i.e. Mike Brown at Wisconsin versus Notre Dame it only impacts you from the standpoint of you know you're going to have to apply the things you believe in to different types of concepts and tempos and things along those lines alignments and that yeah and 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 so it it certainly has an impact you know usually however that's the easiest thing for receivers coaches I'm just speaking from experience right I mean so you know, what we ran at Christopher Newport was not like what we ran at Duquesne when I was coaching right now. So when I went to Christopher Newport, there were some things I had to change, you know, with what they were doing. There's some things I had to adapt to because our offense was a little bit different things along, along those lines, but the principles of route running don't change. They just right. get applied a little bit differently. So I don't think that's going to be a huge difference, a huge problem, to be honest with you. And the Cincinnati offense is going to look a lot different than what I think Jared Parker wants to do at Notre Dame. And as long as it's Jared Parker dr- dr- driving the direction of the offense and not Gino Gadouli, then I, I you know, I, I think they're going to be fine. And Mike Brown's obviously someone that Marcus Freeman knows. And this is a big part of this, Ryan, with everything that went down the last couple of years and with what went down again this year with the receivers coach. I, I wrote this article after the whole 
Andy Lowick fiasco last year. Marcus Freeman, as best he can, needs to surround himself with people he trusts. He absolutely has to surround himself with people he trusts, people that he doesn't have to always be in the receiver room to make sure guys aren't being treated a certain way, right? And and um, this is a guy he's worked with for several years yeah. at Cincinnati. So he knows how this guy interacts. He knows the way this guy builds relationships. And the fact that they're they're this is the pick so quickly tells us two things. That firing Chancey Stuckey on Tuesday after the last Stanford game was not an emotional, sudden, gee, I'm upset because the season, let's fire this guy. Right. And, and gee, who should I hire now? Oh, what about him? This is something that I have. A, I, this is not intel. This is just my read on the situation. Yep. The intel is that you and I anticipated for a month that Chancey yes. Stuckey wasn't going to be back. Right. So I have to think that Marcus Freeman knew that when the time comes, that's where I'm going because I know that guy. I trust that guy. And I've seen what he can do because my defense had to go against his receivers all the time. And it was a problem. You know who else is going to know what this guy can do? Mike Mickens. Because yep. again, they coached together for a couple for a year before he came over to Notre Dame. So our guys were battling too, man. Wide receivers versus corners. They were battling. So yep. no doubt. No doubt. And so just of what I know, and again, this isn't guaranteeing that he's going to be successful because I don't know. I, I, you know, you, you never truly know, but what I, what we know about him, Ryan, so far, I, I've yet to find anything that I don't like other than he just doesn't have the track record of doing it for 15, 20 years that maybe some other guys do. Sure. That's okay. Neither did Mike Mickens when they hired him. Right. Overall, I like it. The regular season is over, but that doesn't mean shopping for tickets has come to an end. Notre Dame still has a big bowl game coming up. It's also holiday season, which means plenty of amazing concerts and shows. And you'll need tickets, especially if you're a last-minute shopper like me. And if you are in need of tickets, game time is the place to go. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Forget planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball games, concerts, comedy shows, theaters, and more. The Game Time Guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section or and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. It's the fastest growing ticket app in the country for a reason. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps and you're set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Snag the tickets without the stress with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code IRISH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code IRISH for $20 off. Download the GameTime app today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed, that's gametime.co. I do believe we had a couple other questions about this that I wanted to get to before we get to some other questions. Okay. Ryan, so we can just kind of knock all these this receiver stuff out. So Sounds let me good. just see if I can. I, I thought there, maybe I didn't star him because we had that one earlier, but let me just go see if I can find. Uh, yeah, we had, oh, here it was. It's just initial imp impression of the receiver's coach. So that, that one we already yep. kind of, we kind of already got to that. So I believe. That we've kind of here we go. Okay, we had Charlie Weiss's last spell. Who said with the expected hire of Coach Mike Brown, what kind of wide receivers do you see him going after, name wise? So are we talking about in the portal, or are we talking about recruiting? -wise? I would assume portal? he's talking recruiting, right? Are you talking about recruiting? Okay, yeah. I, I mean, well, Charlie, I mean, based upon his time specifically at Cincinnati, because he was there longer than Wisconsin, obviously, right? He, I think. It would appear because I haven't talked to him, obviously, but it would appear that he's a very complimentary type of guy from a wide receiver perspective because we just named three guys, right? Let's just use those three guys that I already mentioned. Alec Pierce, 6'3", 210-pound boundary receiver that ran 4'3 something. That's that's one archetype, right? Tyler Scott, more of a Z receiver, field guy. He was like six foot, 190 pounds, 185 pounds, somewhere in that ballpark, right? A little bit more sleeker, a little bit more of a route runner, that type of dude, a little bit better change of direction. And then you got Trey Tucker, who Trey was, I think, like 
five nine, five ten, a buck eighty, you know, soaking wet. But he was a speed merchant. He was a guy slot type, really good change of direction after catch guy. So I, I'm led to believe Brian again because those were the wide receivers he developed at Cincinnati. That he's probably a very complimentary skill set type of guy. You know, what does a boundary look like? What does a Z look like? What does a slot look like? Seems like you're probably getting those those characteristics of what you traditionally think of what a boundary looks like. You know what I mean? A big physical outside receiver that can run a Z, a little bit more sleek, a little bit better of a route runner, understand spacing, and then a slot receiver after catch ability, finding soft spots in zone, really good in short areas. That seems like what he's probably going to push for, in my opinion, based upon the track record. Well, and, and, and at the end of the day, that that sounds good, and I agree with what you're saying. But at the end of the day, he's going to push for things that are going to fit what the offense that Notre Dame is going to implement is going to do. If he would have stayed at Wisconsin for five years, the yeah. type of receivers he would have recruited would have looked a little bit different than what he would recruit if he's at Notre Dame for the next five years. Because one is a pure air raid offense yeah. that's looking for a certain type of guy. Doesn't necessarily have to be complimentary, Ryan. It's just more about fine speed. At Notre Dame, to your point, it's going to the desire will be more for find the complimentary players because it's more pro style, which Cincinnati is more pro style. Now, I want Notre Dame to look different than Cincinnati, and I wasn't a big fan of the Cincinnati offense the last couple of years, but I did like some of the personnel in it, and yeah. and I liked the the way that they were coached technically at the receiver position. I didn't love the coordinating, at least the the, the twenty twenty two season, and I think Luke Fickle kind of did some similar things with Mike Denbrock at, at there that we saw, we've seen Brian Kelly do with coordinators over the years, which is, you know, Mike Denbrock we've seen at LSU in the last two years looks nothing like the Mike Denbrock we saw at Cincinnati. It looks a lot more like the Mike Denbrock we saw at Notre Dame for a year, you know, before he, you know, Kelly kind of ruined it and started getting other coaches more involved and, and took some of Denbrock's authority away and those type of things. And so, yeah, I, I, I think it's going to be more about what, what are they asking him to do? Right, they're going to ask him to. This is the kind of guy we're like. What I like, Ryan, is some of the guys he offered at Wisconsin are exactly what you're talking about. Like Cooper Perry yeah. is one thing. Quincy Porter is a completely different thing, yeah. and and um, Dalen McCutcheon is a complete. Yeah. And, and Dalen, like to me, Dalen McCutcheon and Taylor Taylor and Taylor are kind of in a similar mold. One, you know, one's maybe more dynamic. One's a little bit better route runner, but they're kind of similar players. Cooper Perry is a little bit different than both of them. And then obviously Quincy Porter is much different than others. And he's offered like Taz Williams, Kobe Howard's much different than all those guys. He's a shorter, shiftier type of guy. Uh, There's some other big, tall guys. So he offered a very different type of group of receivers at Wisconsin in the 25 class. So I think that speaks to your point of even within the air raid principles, there's still some different looking dudes that he, that he went after in that class. So will he be able to get them or not? Don't know. We'll find that out. Yep. But That's my biggest question mark right now is like, I I think pertaining to where he has been, he's been a good recruiter, but like, you never know what it's going to be when you're now at the biggest stage and you have to fight for the big fish. You know what I mean? Like it's a little bit of a different animal at that point. Right. Now here's the thing. He's going to have Marcus Freeman and Chad Bowden helping him recruit. And Jared Parker. And Jared Parker, who's who we've heard a lot of good things about as a recruiter. And a former wide receiver coach as well. So he can relate that way. Yep. They're going to be fine. They're going to be fine. In my in my opinion, now I reached out, and I'm not sure if I talked about this last night, so I'll just repeat it again for those who are in on the show that didn't hear it last night. If I did even say it, I talked. I reached out to a couple friends of mine in the coaching profession. Uh, one guy knows Mike Brown really well, and I asked him. I said, "You know, t- talk to me." I said, "Look, this is what Notre Dame needs." I said, "They need a guy that can take players that that are raw that need that have potential, and he needs to coach them up and develop the technical." and mental part of the game to a high level. Can he do that? And then the guy just kind of went off about how great he is and how good he is at those things. And you know how he, 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 he puts a lot of emphasis I'm told on just the finer points of receiver play, just the, you know, really emphasizing the craft. I talk a lot about the craft, you know, that was something I taught. I asked the guy about was part of my question was, is someone who's going to take pride in the craft of the position? Cause he, and this guy knows me, and he knows what I want. And so he understood what I meant by that. And he was like, you know, absolutely went on all these, you know, these, this long breakdown of, and he's like, and he's also kind of a quiet guy, but he's got a lot of fire, you know? So you know, it sounds like he's very much a teacher 
in that regard, which I think I think that was an important part of this hire too for Marcus Freeman. You got to find a different personality than what you had before, because there's going to be some, you know, just come in there scream and there's going to be like, hold on a second, we're doing this again. You need a guy that's going to be a teacher first. And from what I'm told, that's what he is. Now, again, that, none of those things guarantee success. Yeah. I'm simply relaying to you all what I have been told by people that know a lot more about him than I do. And over the next couple of weeks, I'll do even more film study and I'll talk to even more people. But those are the early impressions. Because if you remember, Ryan, you go back and somebody actually pulled a link to our Intel piece when Chancey, when we announced this Chancey Stuck was going to be the hire. Yeah. And I said, look, here's why Notre Dame is hiring him. We have reservations. We're not sure about it. We have concerns. Uh, this one, I have not heard. I do not have those same concerns. I mean, from everything I know, everything I've heard, um, it seems like a really good hire. And from somebody also posted, I'm going to try and find out if this is true or not, but somebody posted uh, that he's the 13th highest paid receivers coach in college football. It's interesting. Yeah. Which, um, if true, again, if true, would um, tell you that Notre Dame, this isn't like somebody said, uh, uh, somebody said this is just like an easy hire, low hanging fruit, and that kind of thing. And uh, that would not be accurate if, this is the hire that they made. Actually, I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a pro football. It's a excuse me. It's a football scoop article. Okay. And he is tied for 13th in the highest paid receivers coaches in college football. Now, keep in mind, um, a lot of private schools don't release their salary information. Sure. So you won't see Notre Dame's receivers coach anywhere in there. But in order for that to be the case, and I'm looking at a salary now. That's in recent years, Notre Dame's had Notre Dame has had coordinators making somewhat close to that. So, in order for them to get him to leave that job to come here, I'll bet you there's a pay raise coming. So this was not a this was not a cheap hire, easy hire, low hanging fruit, those kind of things. Marcus Freeman believes in this hire. Will it, does that guarantee success? No, it does not. Because here here's the thing for me, Ryan. Somebody said, "Well, I thought we didn't like when coaches hired their buddies." Number one. Never said that as a blanket rule. We had, I had two schools of thought on this. Number one, if you're going to hire a buddy, he better be qualified to do the job. Number two, if your buddy doesn't do the job, you've got to be able to fire him. That was the bigger problem with Brian Kelly. Right. Because some of the buddies he brought in didn't do a very good job. Charlie Molnar didn't do a very good job. Jeff Quinn didn't do a very good job. Uh, Brian Van Gorder did a terrible job. But some of his other buddies also include Mike Denbrock, Chuck yeah. Martin, Mike Elston, Bob Diaco, Kerry Cooks, who I all thought to varying degrees did pretty good jobs at Notre Dame. Yeah. And so, you know, those are those are different things that I look at and, and say, you know, the, the it's about when they prove themselves not qualified or not capable to get the job done, can you get rid of them or not? Right. That's the bigger issue that we had with Brian Kelly. And and hiring guys just because it was comfortable. And, and so like when the issue I had with him hiring Tommy Reese is, was, is like, look, there are other highly qualified guys that want this job that you didn't even give the time of day to truly convince you that they were the right hire. You had already made your mind up right. that I don't like as much for, you know, but this is a guy with a little bit more of a track record than Tommy had. And, and obviously Tommy's doing well now, but that, that was my issue with that hire. Ryan was more of that. You know, some of those hires is more of that. And can you fire a guy? It was never blanket, don't hire guys you know. If anything, with what Marcus Freeman's dealing with behind the scenes, he needs to steer into hiring guys that he knows. That that that's a that's a big part of it. As long as he's making the right hires of people right. he knows, not just bringing in people he knows just because. Sure. Because they've got to. I can trust you all I want, but if you can't do the job. You know, we don't win games because I trust you. We win games because I trust you and you're good at what you're doing and what you do. Those are going to be all all very important parts of it. So, yeah, lots of portal questions today too, Ryan. So th- <laughs> that w- we'll, we'll dive more into this when the hire is made, but we did want to kind of get out some initial thoughts on, on this hire. Our next question we have was from 99 Problems, but BK ain't one. Thank you so much. So thoughts on Julian Fleming. I think we had two questions about Julian Fleming. As a portal option for Notre Dame, that, of course, is the wide receiver from Ohio State, former five-star. Thoughts on him as a player? Does he have unrealized potential? 
would he be a guy Notre Dame would be interested in? Uh, Brian, can I just say from the Julian Fleming thing, because I've seen this on Twitter now or an X. I've seen this in the chat, obviously. I even saw it on the message board. I think someone was asking about Julian Fleming. I have not particularly been impressed by Julian Fleming the last couple of years for Ohio State for a couple of different reasons. One, I don't necessarily think he brings something to the table that is like super exciting or rare, right? Like he brings a, a solid overall profile, but he's been banged up a lot in his Ohio mm-hmm. State career too. He's been banged up a lot. And I know a lot of, I, and from what I've seen, kind of struggles to work through contact consistently, just like play strength isn't great. I, I'm i just not there on Julian Fleming. I will say this to the question 99 problems. There's a lot of other receivers that are in the portal right now that I would have a lot more interested in Julian Fleming personally. Now, it doesn't mean that Notre Dame shares that sentiment, but for me, that is my sentiment. Well, I haven't heard anyone, I haven't heard anything about Notre Dame looking at him right. just personally. Wouldn't surprise me if they did. I personally would look into him, Ryan, just from the standpoint of you need to add, in my opinion, probably two receivers to the to the roster. Sure. Would he be my top choice? Probably not. Just because of what you mentioned. I actually think he he like I guess where I'm coming from is like I actually really like the talent at receiver for Notre Dame right now. I don't think they need to get a surefire, no brainer boundary receiver. I think they need someone to come in and coach Deion Colsey up. Right. And it's so, so my attractiveness of someone like Julian Fleming is someone who can come in and, and provide you if so and so doesn't play, pan out, whatever the case may be, you're going to look at him. But, but my, my, my counter to that, why ultimately I, I don't think the fit would make sense is if he was just okay being just a, a good veteran presence, he'd stay at Ohio State. Right. He wants to go somewhere he can be the guy. And the reality is, I just don't view him as a better player than the guys in their name has. I just don't. I mean, I like the fact that he's an outside receiver. He has some size to him. To your point, he doesn't play necessarily as physically as you'd think a guy that looks like he looks, but he brings a veteran outside presence that, look, made a huge fourth down catch on the game-winning drive against Notre Dame, right? And so he he can make plays, but I just don't think that's a guy that you're going to want to bring in because my ideal is not to bring in Julian Fleming to start him. My ideal is to bring Julian Fleming as, as a veteran leader and a depth player and in protection against injury. So I don't know that that would necessarily make, would make a lot of sense as far as the fit goes, but he's definitely to me, we're talking about because talking to at least in the conversation because of the experience he has at a place like Ohio state in big games and, you know, because I think I think it was the Michigan game he made a big tough catch as well, or was it Penn State? I forget one of those two. He made a really big catch in one of those moments. But to your point, Ryan, if if I knew that Deion Colsey was healthy and getting coached up, yeah, Deion Colsey to me is a is a much more potential impact player than Julian Fleming. He's just not as proven as Julian Fleming right now. That sure. that would be my thing. So yeah, uh, there are just I, other guys on the board that I would I would I would prefer. I I would. I I mean, if I'm pushing, I'm just pushing for if I'm bringing in two guys, I want two guys that have a skill set that maybe I don't have enough of on the on the roster. That's kind of what I'm looking at. Right. Yeah. So there's That's like fair. a couple guys out there that I'm like, they have length and they have athleticism. Right. Really, you only have one guy that fits that mold anymore. And that's Deion Colsey, who's obviously still coming back from the injury or is recovering still from the injury. And aside from that, I mean. Like if there's a guy that is super explosive and can take the top off a little bit, that'd be great. That'd be something I would look at. If there's a dynamic presence in space, I would take a look at that. I'm trying to find. I'm trying to supplement traits that are lost, if that makes sense. Yeah, right? I like, don't, yeah, I don't disagree with you at all on that, Ryan. I think that's your preference. Yeah. My my thing, however, is you have to have guys on the board if you don't land those guys, and sure. it comes down to numbers. Because if you were to tell me that everybody that's going to be on the roster next year is healthy for the entire year. And you're going to add one more guy to the, the roster. Would I be comfortable with that? Yeah, I would. Because I've said before, they have a couple walk-ons to me that can really help your football team out in, in some of the, you know, whether it be special teams or being a really good scout team player to give your defense a look. You know, if if, if Leo Scheidler's down there playing scout team for you, that's a go back and watch Leo Scheidler's high school film. That kid's a good football player. You know, and so if if I was at Indiana State, I'm begging that kid to transfer to Indiana State and and leave Notre Dame. You get my point. So there's some kids like that. It's not just nine guys and then nobody else. You have some different numbers. the The concern I have, Ryan, is because of the nine, you have so many guys with really 
questionable injury histories. Yep. Deion Colsey, Jaden Thomas, Caleb Smith. I don't. I don't view uh, Jaden Greathouse's issue as, as a the same thing because he just had a, a hamstring that you know it's just one of those. That's a strength conditioning, stretching, whatever you're going to do right. kind of thing. It's not a you know it, it, the only kids who have who who have ever have, I've ever experienced have chronic hamstring injuries or guys who have always had chronic hamstring injuries because they're just they're just more tightly wound and just it just yeah. flares up on them more it's not something i expect but so that's my thing is like you need a second guy i think now that you lost the four that you're going to lose sure because of the injury history that you have and so that was my point is if you can't get some of these other kids like i would look at bo collins before i would look at i would i would take bo collins before i would take julie's yeah. julian fleming because Julian Fleming also has a little bit of durability stuff as well. He's missing exactly, time in the past, exactly, so. exactly. Yeah. And so that's why I think I'd have him on the board. I just, I just don't believe, based on what's out there, that he would be in my top group of guys to go after. Here's why people are talking about him, though, Ryan. He's a former five-star recruit that played at Ohio State. That's and sure. and and look, sure. and when healthy, he was he did some nice things. I mean, he had look at the numbers Solid. he had last year playing for CJ Stroud: thirty-four catches, five hundred thirty-three yards. Right, it's pretty good. Here's the problem. He missed two games to start the season because he was hurt. You know what I mean? So that's you know, that that's kind of that's kind of been the deal for him. I think this was the first healthy year he had all you know of his career where he he literally lined up and played every game. So there's a lot of really good receivers out there. There are that, that Notre Dame can can look at. And we'll we'll get to one of them because there's a lot of questions about about one of those kids here coming up. We have a actually let's just get to that, Ryan. Let's just get to the okay. the stuff about Chris Mitchell. All right, DMND13, what's up, Dan? Thanks for the article on Chris Mitchell. How excited would you be if he commits to Notre Dame? I'd be very pleased. You know, Ryan, as I was as I was breaking out his film the last couple of days, you know, you and I talk about comps a lot because we get asked about comps a lot. So we'll kind of like, you know, who's this guy remind you of? And I'm watching this kid play, and I'm just keep thinking, this kid reminds me so much of Kevin Stefferson early in his career, just as a route runner, just a skinny, not real strong, but – you know, as he's gotten older, his functional strength as a receiver's gotten better. He can do, he can, you know, he can, he can get in people's way in the blocker. You know, he he can, he's better. You go watch film of him two years ago and watch him now. He's much better getting off the line because he's got more play playing strength compared to what he did. But he's never going to be a guy that's going to go out there and and beat guys up like Rico Flores did as a freshman in the in the run game, right, or physically. But he's a much more explosive athlete off the line. You know, I talk a lot about urgency with receivers, Ryan, the receivers in their name don't play with urgency. This kid plays with urgency as a route runner. He comes off the line with purpose, uh, good top ends. He understands, you know, top end manipulation. He gets, he takes good. I mean, he's very good at seeing zone versus man and how to break a route off when I'm playing zone and how to break it off when playing man. He shows really good concentration and ability to, I wouldn't call him like not contested catches, meaning like he's not winning a ton of like, one-on-one Mossa guy type of throws, although he has some. I mean, I'm going to have one on one on a highlight throw, but it's more so like the th- he had a catch against, I think it was North Texas, and they had a catch like this against Arkansas where he was running over the middle, and there's like a guy in front of him, a guy behind him, and a guy like kind of where he's running to, and the quarterback would put it in like that window, and there's three guys converging on him, and he still goes out and snatches it and makes the catch, right? Like So there's some mental toughness there to him as well that I like, and so – Look, and he's got production. Now, production at FIU does not necessarily translate to production at Notre Dame. True. That, to me, Ryan, is why the Arkansas game was important to see, why the New Mexico State game was important to see, the Jacksonville State game was important to see, and uh, what was the other one? The Liberty game was important to see. Liberty, not quite as much because they didn't play anybody, but we know they're a good football team. But with Jack State and New Mexico State, we saw those teams go up against Power 5 teams. And we saw how their receivers played against those teams. And then so when we can see this kid play against them and then we see what this kid did to Arkansas, you're like, okay, this kid can play. And this kid had his best games last year against, honestly, with the exception of the the main game, because they, they're just they're not very good. But most of his big games last year, Ryan, this past season, were against the best teams they played, which yeah. tells me something. I mean, this is a kid that, you know, had – Six catches for 157 yards against Arkansas. Eight catches for 116 yards against Western Kentucky. Five catches for 109 yards against Jacksonville State. He had eight catches for 91 yards against New Mexico State. Four for 89 against Liberty. Those are the best teams he played this year, right? And, and so, like that to me, that tells me some 
something about this kid and tells me that this is a kid that's going to step up in the big moments and play well. And, and the other thing too, that surprised me, Ryan, is one thing that I always get concerned about with kids like him because they're skinnier is what's the durability like this kid played over 700 snaps this year, which is a lot of snaps for a receiver. And also his best month was the last month. He was better in the last four games than he was at any four game stretch during the entire season. That again, that's something that tells me something. This is a kid that, you know, was able to play just as good in the early in the season as he played or late in the season as he did early, despite being skinny and playing a ton of snaps. Yeah. So I was impressed by that. So yeah, I would, I would, I, I think this would be a very good pickup and, and he would compliment if you get him also, there's almost no need to have Jaden Greathouse playing much outside. You can almost exclusively put him inside next year and then, you know, do some mixing and matching, but you can put him inside. Here's my only concern, Ryan, not concern. This is going to be a coaching point for the position coach if he comes. They play exclusively left-right at Florida International. The yeah. only time I ever saw him lining up to the right was when they went twins with a tight end backside, and so both receivers are over. So we haven't seen him play with an opposite foot stance a lot. That's That takes some work. It's not like Sam Hartman getting rid of the mesh, but it is something you have to be cognizant of. And work with him immediately as when he gets over here. It's like, hey, for the next week or the next month, I don't want you lining up on the left side in any drill that we do, right? Just work on fixing your stance, and then we'll. Go, I mean, it's a bit hyperbolic, but you get you get the point, right? Is you got to work that out of him. But that's a minor thing that has no impact on whether I would take him or not. If I'm Notre Dame, that's just more of a as this position coach, I've got to be prepared that this kid doesn't really know how to get into a, an opposite foot stance. It's like kind of moving a guy from left tackle to right tackle. It can be done. Sure. It just takes some work to change the eye discipline, the footwork. You know, this foot's back, that foot's back. I'm, I'm, I'm always leading with this hand. Now I'm always leading with this hand. It just takes some work, but it can certainly be done. Well, I, I appreciated as a film watcher that he always lined up on the left side because I always knew where he was, so I didn't have to f- try to find, oh, uh, what arm sleeve? Is he wearing an arm sleeve? Is his towel in his back? Like, does he have a visor? Like, just annoying things. Like, that's the worst part of breaking down film sometimes. It's like, unless you have guys that are just tagged on every play, it's like, I have no idea where that wide receiver is now. I need to find him again. But he was always on the left, whether that was on the outside or in the slot, always out there. And you mentioned a couple of my favorite things, Brian, right? Like, he is... A sleekly sleeky sleek built six foot six foot one somewhere in that ballpark. I think he's closer to six foot than a six foot one listing. One hundred seventy five pounds, maybe one hundred eighty pounds on a good day. He's a he's a lighter dude. But one thing, I, I literally texted my buddy that that is a he's a assistant in on the conference USA that actually played against Chris Mitchell this year, and he said I just said hey tell me about this kid. And one thing he said about a potential fit at Notre Dame was. The kid's explosive, and Notre Dame could probably definitely use a little bit more explosiveness, yes. right? And it's like, yes, that is 100% what they need to continue to build into that room. So the kid is explosive, pretty good top-end speed. He can get on top of dudes well, and he's pretty sleek in and out of breaks. So those things work, man. Those things profile to any system because that's the biggest thing, Brian, when I'm talking about like jumping from group of five up to power five or from FCS up to whatever. Like When you're jumping up a level – you have to have the athletic traits to translate to a higher level, right? And this kid does. I guarantee he's a 4-4 something athlete. Guarantee it. Gets up to a stop speed very well, and he gets in and out of breaks with relative ease. So I I like him a lot. I think that he if you get him and one other just good player in the portal at wide receiver, you're good to go, man. I'm happy. I'm happy with where you are, especially with how where you were about a week ago at this point. So, yeah. I'll I'll say this too, Ryan. When you look at a receiver going from, it's a lot easier to me for a receiver to transition from that level to the other than it is for quarterback and, and for certain positions. Cause it's kind of like the game is the game at certain positions and uh quarterback is the one for me that, because the speed of the game is so much different, but to your point, this is a kid who has some experience playing in some of those moments, which I, I really liked. But the yeah. other thing too, Ryan, is when you, you mentioned explosiveness, Yep. Would you say, agree with me, that the three most explosive players coming back for Notre Dame on next year's team, if everyone's healthy, is probably Jordan Faison, Jaden Greathouse, and Deion Colsey. Would you agree with that? Of the guys coming back. Not the incoming freshmen, yeah. but the guys probably. coming back. Probably, yeah. Well, the issue is, is one of those guys is more of a pure boundary, and the other two guys are slots. Yeah. So. In order to get that explosive at Z, you either need to A, only rely on Cam Williams, or B, 
move somebody that's maybe a more natural fit somewhere else outside. Sure. This kid gives you that kind of weapon there if you if you get him. And again, they I feel Notre Dame did a great job with him this weekend. I do know that there's some other schools he's considering. I feel I feel like Notre Dame did a great job. We'll yeah. see if they can close on it, right? But I think this would give you an option of, I mean, I'm sitting there thinking about a receiving core that if everybody pans out, mm-hmm. if you've got Deion Colzier, Jaden Thomas in the boundary, Jaden Greathouse or Jordan Faison in the slot, and then this kid and Cam Williams outside, and then, you know, K.K. Smith can kind of play both of those positions. All of a sudden, I feel a whole lot better about this receiver room, and I didn't even mention Micah Gilbert. You know what I mean? Who I think yep. is a kid who can play. I didn't mention Logan Saldate. So all of a play. sudden, I start feeling a lot better because the other thing too is right. You're not. You're not. You're not asking this kid to come in and repeat his numbers at Florida International at Notre Dame. Now, if he does, that's great. But you don't necessarily need him to do that. It's because he's going to have a much better complementary group of players around him than he did there. But so we could even see maybe he doesn't catch as many balls but you add two to three yards per catch on there because of the nature of what they do. I mean, if you think about it, he's going to be doing a lot of the stuff that Chris Tyree and Tobias Merriweather did. Right. Those two guys combined. I mean, as far I mean, Tyree was inside, but as far as like the, the, you're the, take the top on top. Ability to push. Right. Ability to push. He can do that. Well, those guys combined for 20 yards a catch this year. Right. And, and so uh, I think it's a, it's a good fit because it's, it's not just about adding receivers. You've got to add receivers that complement what your current room looks like. Right. And they're going to add value to your current room. And I think that's the observation that you you made, Ryan, and that you're the and from what that guy told you is like that's a skill set at a position that they need. Right. And now you can bring Cam Williams along and to where you don't have to force Cam into the lineup. And now Cam also has a veteran player ahead of him who had to really master his craft. Yeah, which is why this kid had a bit of a breakout this year is because this is a kid that wasn't a show up day one and be a star kind of receiver. Yeah. And, you know, this is a guy that had to, to had to develop into that type of player. Now, he was a nice player last year. Ron. I broke down a couple of games he played in last year and he didn't play a ton early and, and you know, had some some injuries at times. But he came out this year, a completely different player. And 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 Notre Dame's not going to probably ask him to play 700 snaps like he did last year either they're also not going to ask he doesn't have to be a 1100 yard receiver for right. game either like he doesn't he have targeted to have a hundred times last year and, and that's the last thing is that impressed me too right he has really nice really nice ball skills yeah has really good body control now when i say he catches the ball away from his body there's two mm-hmm. ways that that can be and they're both good one is just i just i'm kind of here Right. And I'm just yep. kind of always here. That's fine. I, I, I like hands catchers, right? And there's a time sure. and a place to body catch, you know, in traffic, you know, back, you know, when I say body catch, your, your hands are always have to be involved. I don't like guys that catch like this. Your hands are always kind of involved. There's a time and a place where it's a body catch, but then there's second type of, of hands catchers are guys that attack the football. Yeah. He attacks the football with his hands. Right. So it's not just yes. always here, but it's like, I'm going to go out and get it. Gain extension, yeah. Yes, yeah. that yeah. is something that I I like to teach. That's something that I think the great receivers have, and that's something that this kid has, which is why he makes. I mean, and he seems to have pretty good length, Ryan, for a kid that's around six yeah. feet, six no, one two, like a long. little bit, long, a, yeah. a little bit longer than you anticipate. So, yeah. you don't expect a guy like this to have the kind of the the kind of catch radius that he has. Yeah. That's something that surprised me a little bit. I thought he was just going to be a pure burner, burner. That's you know, like the first. The, the, what did he have? Like a. 70 something yard play against Arkansas. Oh yeah, I mean, where a, it was the after catch one, right? Yeah, it was like just kind of misplayed it a little yeah, bit. He yeah, he ran like yeah. an oh, he ran like a, a middle route. Yeah. But it's the guy misplayed it, but he misplayed it partly because the kid came to the football. Mm-hmm. So he like the receivers coming here, he attacks the football. Now all of a sudden that guy's a little off, he makes a miss and runs up the sideline. It wasn't just a run over the top type of thing. So I, I like what I've seen. He had a catch like that, I think, in the first drive against North Texas, too, where it's like right in between three guys. He catches it, outruns some guys to the sideline. So he can he can do some of that. But his ability to win at the catch point is something that surprised me. Again, are my throwing 75 back shoulders to him next year? Nope. Right. But kind of the way that you did some of that at times with Kevin Sefferson, yeah, I could do that. I get a one-on-one. 
you know, like, in the end zone. Yeah, he could do that. Also a Florida guy. I think he's from Mandarin High School, I believe, if I remember correctly. Well, so, he's John I mean, Mitchell's yeah. older brother, I believe. Is he? Wow. I believe so, yeah. yeah. So same high school, and and um, they kind of look alike. So surprised Penn State isn't begging down at his door. Though. I had That's Somebody funny. told me that they – somebody on the board said that Penn State's looking at him. But if I'm Notre Dame, yeah. I'm like, hey, man, if if we get you, can you can you call John? Right, seriously. <laughs> I know Notre Dame loved John. Mike Mickens yeah. loved John Mitchell. Yeah. But uh, he just – he went he chose Penn State.